Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, the Lakers lost to the Clippers again. And it was a script that we have seen them follow all too often to this point. The final in this one, 111-110. The Clippers come out on top at, quote-unquote, the Clippers Arena. Uh, Look, there's only so many different ways we can say this, right? Like, there's only so many ways that we can say this Lakers team is not talented enough to overcome issues on the margins. When you have LeBron and when you have Anthony Davis and they are both playing at their optimal levels, you can have some flubs on the peripheries. You can start Avery Bradley. You can start back in the day a few years ago, right? It was it was JaVale McGee. You can get away with some of those issues when you have Anthony Davis and you have LeBron James and you have better, by the way, role players around them like Caruso, like Kyle Kuzma, like Kentavious Caldwell Pope. You can get away with some of that shit. You can mess around. As the Lakers are currently constituted, though, and once they traded for Russell Westbrook, if Russ isn't going to be a superstar at the number that he is on the books for, then your margin for error is almost non-existent, right? Because you have to have LeBron, you have to have AD, and they both have to be incredible. That was not the case. Clearly, the Lakers didn't have LeBron James. And look, Anthony Davis, like especially since he came back, has been incredible. And, and you know, that was the subject of last show too, right? It was... Well, you know, the Lakers lost, but man, look how great AD looks. That's great until you're out of the goddamn playoffs. That's fantastic until you lose enough to have your season ended before it starts. And like we're going to get into some of the minutia of this game, but I'm done with the whole, yeah, the Lakers lost, but. Oh, yeah, but they have but. No. This is a bad team. This is a bad roster. There's zero margin for error. And the coaches aren't doing anything to make up for that lack of margin for error. This is just where the Lakers are at. We'll start with Anthony Davis, though, because, again, like if you are looking for positives, then he is the positive. The positive here. 30 points, 12 of 24 from the field, 6 of 7 from the free throw line, which, by the way, his free throw shooting looks a lot purer since he came back. And that is something that you sometimes see with players with uh, lower, body, lower body injuries is they focus on something like free throw shooting uh, because it doesn't involve your lower body as much. So uh, six or seven from the, free, from the free throw line here, 17 boards, a couple assists, a steal, two, or a couple steals, two blocks, uh, and and you would think, all right, AD plays like that. You're playing against the Clippers team without Paul George, without Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, surely the Lakers, that would be enough to get them to win this game. And nope. Uh, but look, AD, he looks a lot leaner. He looks a lot more explosive, a lot more fluid is a term that Harrison used on the lounge 
that we recorded just a little bit ago. In in terms of what you're looking for from AD, if you're hoping to have some kind of optimism moving forward, we have checked a lot of those boxes. The three-point shooting I don't think is going to be there this season, but he's doing everything but that. And I think that is more than enough uh, to, should LeBron get healthy again, AD playing like this, that is enough to make you think maybe, just maybe, the Lakers can mess around and make a series competitive. I also want to talk about Russell Westbrook because I thought he helped get the Lakers back into it. Uh, he finishes the game a plus five on the night, and this is a game, it was a close game. You look at the other players in that starting lineup, right? It's just Russ in the plus. So uh, he was one of the few things in that starting group that kind of kept the Lakers afloat, right? Other than Anthony Davis going Hercules. Uh, but I thought it also tonight or last night encapsulated a lot of the Russell Westbrook experience where he makes a three-pointer, a big three-pointer on the stretch, but he also took some bad ones. Uh, he made one of those one-legged fadeaways in, in a big spot. Yeah, but like that's not really the best shot for the Lakers. He got his hand in there and, and disrupted a couple things defensively. Yeah, but like the angle that he took on Reggie Jackson there at the end. Ooh. And it's just, if, if you have somebody on your roster there, on your cap sheet for 44 million bucks. Uh, you have to get more than like, he gives stuff, but he takes stuff away. He gives stuff, but he takes away. And you got to hope that he gives you more than he takes off of the table. And, and like, I look, I, I, there's again, it's like I said a second ago, there's only so many different ways I can say this. I have enjoyed Russell Westbrook watching him from afar. Mostly because he wasn't on my team, and I don't care whether or not the teams that he was on was winning before. But when he's on this team, and he does so many things that are just counterproductive to winning, it's really difficult to see him on that on this team and make that number and make it so difficult for the Lakers to improve in any real way, not just this upcoming offseason or this upcoming trade deadline, but also in the upcoming offseason. It's just tough. And one of the conversations that is probably going to be had over the course of the next few months is, is there anything that Russ can do that would make you wonder, all right, maybe just maybe this guy is worth keeping around beyond this season? I don't know that there is. Because game in, game out, uh, especially in situations where LeBron isn't there. And like, look, if LeBron isn't there in the playoffs, then you're just not going to win a play-in game, let alone a playoff series. Like, that's just how this Lakers season is going to go. They might not even make it to the play-in game if LeBron isn't available. Uh, but Russ in these clutch situations is just such a roller coaster that almost always just feels like you're one loose screw away from flying off of the rails. And more often than not, I, like, I would love, at some point, maybe, to, you know, today, uh, as I get ready for the show, for, for the hook with Aaron today, I'm going to look at the, the Lakers' clutch numbers, close games, last five minutes of them, how the Lakers look with Russ out there and without LeBron, and I don't think it's going to be very pretty. And this is somebody who, like, 
there have been attempts at spinning this and saying, oh, yeah, he was going to add to LeBron. He was going to add to AD and he was going to do all. No, he was brought to help make up for and carry the burden if LeBron isn't available. And in those situations that he has not been available, he's done enough to maybe make the Lakers competitive. But those late game situations, the Lakers wind up falling short because he's just not a winning basketball player right now. He doesn't do enough defensively to make up for his mistakes offensively. And that's just where he is. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Check out the Lakers Lounge that Harrison and I recorded. Look, we had some issues with Megaphone, and I am probably posting this really, really early uh, in the morning, You know, but yet later than I would normally post the Lowdown. I would normally be posting it. It is literally 2 o'clock in the morning my time right now. So I would normally be posting this or have it scheduled out for right now. Unfortunately, though, the site that we use to post these things is currently down and this is just (laughs) i'm gonna get this up as soon as i possibly can so whether it's the lounge whether it's this no matter when it is that you're listening to this uh check out the hook that we're gonna record here in a bit and then we'll talk to you guys next week until then i'm anthony irwin saying have a good one